Can you identify when you are in natural feminine or masculine energy, or if you are in wounded feminine or wounded masculine energy? Welcome to Love featuring your host, Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. What does the wounded or shadow side relationship look like? Today's guest is Rosie Garner, a blogger who's on a new adventure having just moved to live in Bali. Rosie shares the story of a past relationship where both her partner and herself were operating from the shadow side of both masculine and feminine energies. She vulnerably shares her real life story of how it's played out and how together they worked through the pain, heartbreak and aha moments to grow as individuals. But before we get into the conversation I had with Rosie, I want to recap on what the feminine and masculine looks like when it's in the shadow side. Over the past 10 years, I've been fascinated to study masculine and feminine energies. And I wish to remind you that we contain both energies. This is not a gender specific thing. It is our role to be able to operate from both the masculine and the feminine energies in their higher vibration. Now, I love using the term divine for aspiring towards the ultimate energetic state, such as the divine masculine or the divine feminine. However, I recently came across what I think is a great term, the natural feminine or the natural masculine, as opposed to the wounded feminine or the wounded masculine energy. I quite like this phrase, but what does it really look like? An example of somebody operating in wounded or shadow feminine is that they will blame themselves, while somebody who's in the wounded or shadow masculine will blame others. So other examples of shadow in feminine, and I'll give the feminine first and then the masculine second, are feeling sad and worthless. The masculine shadow feels angry, irritable, and ego-inflated. The feminine shadow feels anxious and scared. The masculine shadow feels suspicious and guarded. The feminine shadow will avoid conflict, while the masculine shadow will create conflicts. The feminine shadow has trouble setting boundaries, while the masculine shadow needs to control at all costs. Now, I've got hundreds of these examples, but I just wanted to give a little bit of a recap so that you've got an idea of what it looks like in the feminine shadow and in the masculine shadow. And in coming episodes, I'll help you to identify more of when you're in the shadow and then next to identify, are you in the feminine or the masculine shadow? And ultimately, what does the flip side look like coming from the higher self or the divine energy or maybe the natural energy? A short version for now, just to get a few words out there, is to embrace your softer feminine side with surrender, receptivity, empathy, radiance, flow, sensuality, intuition, nurturing, patience, and of course, loving. While rocking it out in the masculine energy would be with freedom, logic, reason, Direction, focus, integrity, passion, confidence, stability, and awareness. 
So that's just a few words to give you an idea as we get into this gorgeous conversation with Rosie about her story of a real life relationship she had in the shadow feminine and the shadow masculine. I start by asking Rosie, what is the shadow of the feminine? Well, the, the reason that I, how I kind of made this distinction was, you know, there's so many women that are in, that are living in too much alpha energy. So, you know, they're going out and they're, they're, they're in the corporate world and corporate suits and very structured lives, very goal orientated. And, and that never resonated with me because I've never, I've never really been very career driven. I'm sensitive, I'm introverted, all of that sort of stuff. But also I knew that there was kind of an underlying, um, I don't know, an, under, an underlying power that I wasn't really stepping into. And so it wasn't, I was actually listening to a podcast of Bex actually, and she talked about the, the shadow side of the feminine. And I was like, oh my God, that is me, 100% or oh, it was me. And that's that's where I kind of drew the, drew, joined the dots. Um, and that's, you know, that's the codependency, the neediness, the people pleasing, the not being able to speak your truth. And just everything that that was spoken about, I was like, that that was me through and through. And, you know, I looked back to my family, my mother, my grandmother, and I guess some of my sisters, where I've got three older sisters, we're all quite different, but um, just the way that, that that was modeled to me, that was all I kind of knew. And so, you know, looking back at past relationships, and I recently, last year, we sort of ended it, but we've remained friends ever since and it was a very conscious relationship but also very codependent and quite self-destructive um, within the dynamic of the relationship and we joined dots between us whereby he was always going for women like girls I guess and the, and the children and the teenagers like me like the maiden archetype and he he was a lot older than me um, but he was I guess that teenage boy um, and so Within that dynamic, he was living in the shadow side of the masculine, which was, you know, wanting the validation, wanting to save, not in a way, not in a healthy kind of way. Um, so, yeah, this this relationship completely opened me up and sort of broke down every wall and allowed me to kind of break that pattern for good. And it's been so fascinating kind of looking back on past relationships before that and the exact same um dynamic was playing out with all of them beautiful that's really great wisdom isn't it to to be able to implement immediately into your relationships but it's a lot harder than than just like many times becoming consciously aware is enough Mm -hmm. we can have huge shifts from being consciously aware But the shadow feminine of being people pleasers, not being able to speak our, tr- our truth, placing others before self, all of that is ingrained so deeply from the time that we are first born with a vagina to be taught that we are to be kind. Mm-hmm. Now, I rate kindness as one of my greatest gifts that I have. It's a deep sense of kindness that I have and I love it and I see it as an absolute asset. However, the modeling of people-pleasing kindness is so toxic and so hard to break. What will people think of me? I'll lose everything. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough, etc., etc. So how did you start to break that down in your own life? Well, I realized I was overgiving from a place of lack. And so 
I quite literally imagined like a void, like in my sort of solar plexus, because that's where all the, all my heart, that's where all the, kind of the pain was was being held. And so every time I was giving as a way to be validated or, um, you know, be get attention or affection, which completely didn't work. He the the partner in the relationship, he was he was taking to fill up his own void. So it was like I was giving, filling up his void, and he was taking to fill himself up. Um, so it, it was, again, it was this give and take of energy that wasn't there in the first place. So how I sort of broke that is I was getting sort of mentoring around it and, again, made that aha moment. And it was like I can only give because I naturally give. I love giving. That's one of – that's how I show love. Um but I, in order to give, I have to make sure I have to sit with it first and be like, hang on, am I full here? Is my self-love tank full? And if it is, then I can give. But if it's not, I need to give that to myself first, and then I can give to others. Beautiful. But I think, I think for him, he needs to, um, for him in the relationship, he needed to, I guess, back then say, no, 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 Rosie, you actually need to give that to yourself, and I need to you know, look within myself and fill that up for myself first. And so that's what we eventually came to, but it took a long time, a lot of pain and a lot of heartbreak, but we got there. So, so you guys are still together? No, we're not. We're very, very close, like just the most unconditional love for each other um, because of everything that we've been through. What a wonderful, well, definitely soul relationship that you've had to be able to come together, to be able to have this growth and support each mm-hmm. other through this growth. It's interesting when people are givers, big givers, I will often actually talk about this in the dating world as well. It's where that neediness of constantly wanting to give for approval for please like me, it plays out as a huge self-sabotaging behavior in the early dating stages. It's the texter, the creepy texter, which starts off looking like, A girl and a guy go on a date. Now, we're going to use the feminine here because we're talking about the shadow feminine. So a girl and a guy goes on the date and they have a really nice time. Uh, But he hasn't asked her for another date. And she's in the car heading home and she's thinking, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. I'll just send him a quick text. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Darling, you're not alone. There'd be probably 400,000 Australian people that are single thinking the same thing at the moment. And the text says, thanks for a great night. And then she holds her breath. Please text back. Please text back. Please, please, please. What was going on there is that she had an attachment to that giving of the message. Now, then what happens, I'll just finish off the creepy texter story. She doesn't hear back. Or she might get one back either that night or maybe the next morning saying, yeah, me too. Nice to meet you. And then she texts lunchtime the next day. Oh, I just uh, thought of you because this song just came on the radio and you were talking about that artist that you recently went and saw. Just thought I'd share that. Oh, creepy. Really getting creepy now. And on and on and on it goes until you're actually the stalker. So <laughs> the re- you're nodding your head. You've been that girl. I've been that girl, except it wasn't with text messages. It would be, I'll just drive past his house. It's even worse. (laughs) No, I said I didn't quite get to that stage. No, well, you've got text messages, but in my day, we didn't have mobile phones. So driving past the house was the the equivalent of sending a text message. Creepy and wrong. Now, the rule of thumb in a very simple 
story like this texting is. If you want to text a message that says, I had an amazing night, you really are a fabulous guy and I hope you feel great about yourself. Mm. That is a gift without any attachment to the outcome. Then you can send that message. Mm. But the, you're placing like that, the one before, you're placing expectations, aren't you? That's right. You're waiting for the feedback because yeah. you're doing this to make yourself feel better. Mm-hmm. So the giver can be in the shadow giving is actually you're not a giver. You're actually a taker. You're yeah. using the art of giving to receive back something that you need. Mm-hmm. So I always encourage people that any act of giving You are to question, just like you said, you listen to your solar plexus and your heart, which is wonderful. Another thing is to, another tool in that similar vein is to ask ourselves, what is it I'm expecting from this? Mm -hmm. Is there a payoff? And if the answer is nothing, then go ahead and do it. Yeah. But if the answer is something, then question why. Yeah. The other uh, little energy dance, when people are navigating this, because I can imagine a lot of listeners listening to your story going, well, that's me. That's me in my current relationship. Or even if they're not in a relationship, it might be them with their friends, with their work, with their family. You know, it can be with everybody. And so another little interim tool that I find healthy is thinking of a little money bank, a little piggy bank in the middle of, of two people. We'll use a relationship for this example. And it's, you can put a dollar in and you're not allowed to put another dollar in that piggy bank until somebody has matched it. So the piggy bank is, it's not really representing money. It's representing the energy creation that two people place in any relationship. And we want it to be reasonably balanced. Mm -hmm. And what happens with the beautiful giver is that they are going to, put a hundred dollars in that piggy bank person just takes it yeah they take or they might put one dollar in yeah and then they go well that one dollar came in that's good that's encouraging i'll put another hundred dollars in and it's very unbalanced so we have to look at the piggy bank as a symbol of the energy balance of what is being contributed to a relationship and we want to see it reasonably balanced yeah So they're just little basic tools that I find help people to transition as they're doing the self-development work of self-love, self-worth, you know, really looking at how they can be validating um, themselves without Mm -hmm. seeking it externally. What were some of the other challenges that you found with the shadow of the feminine that you found, you know, you really had to work through? Well, I think think that was the underlying the underlying theme throughout the whole relationship, but it just played out in so many different ways. So, you know, like say I'd had, cause we were never really together. Like the, the thing, the interesting thing is, is that he, he didn't feel anything for me and that's why we were never, he never committed to me. But the, the interesting distinction I made recently and I said to him, I said, you've, you've never felt for anyone. He's, he's 40, nearly 41. He hasn't fallen in love for 20 years he hasn't felt anything for any woman 20 years and it's because he's been going for girls dressed up as women and he wants that beautiful divine feminine goddess. But the interesting thing is his behavior won't attract that. So no, because said, he's a little boy dressed up as a man. Yes, exactly. Mm. So I said in order for you to have that beautiful woman that you want, you have to step up and you have to be that 
divine masculine. So, um, yeah, it was just interesting. He never committed to me, but I don't, I, I completely understand why, because he didn't, he doesn't want that. And he, it was almost like a, like a quick, like a quick fix. And then he'd feel bad about it afterwards and bad for hurting me. And I'd, I'd constantly keep going back and allow, I became addicted to the pain. We, we both, it just became the most codependent, kind of feeding off each other's pain and hurting each other and all of that sort of stuff. Um, So you were the one that had the aha moment between the two of you and the realisation of this patterning that was playing out of the shadow masculine and shadow feminine for both of you? We both did, but in terms of the shadow feminine and the shadow masculine, I recently had that a couple of months ago and I sent him this because I was like, I've got the most amazing epiphany to share with you. And I wrote it, I said, I need to put it into writing because I'm a writer. And I just wrote the whole thing out and he was just like, amazing. Like, you've hit the nail on the head. Fantastic. So how have you now helped him? Because you've said you're very close as friends. Mm -hmm. How have you been able to help him to move out of the shadow masculine and step more into his authentic power? Well, previously, if I was feeling needy, like, because I'm, you know, very familiar with the archetypes, if I was the maiden that needed to be saved, I said, like, you need to know that that's my, that's the energy or the, the, what I'm playing out. And that's not like, I need to help myself in that situation, or I need to go and source help from friends girlfriends that can actually help me rather than rely on you and rather than you wanting to come and save me but he's he's actually an expressness that he sort of felt inadequate because he's like you don't need me when you're you know when you're in your power and you're doing well you don't need me and that that makes me feel inadequate because as men we like to be needed and I said no 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 I actually need you in a healthy way and that's it's almost up to you as the divine masculine to recognize how can I help her like what what does she need right now rather than just coming and saving me because it makes you feel good, you know, like from a place that's unconditional and for him to actually step up and and stop and think because he's very conscious and switched on and knows me really well. What does she need right now? And it could be, you know, like sometimes if I've got my period and I don't have a bath at my house, it's him saying, you know, Rosie, go around to my house, light some candles, have a glass of wine and have a beautiful bath if he was out or whatever it was. So, and that's what he does. And it's beautiful because it's not, you know, it's a healthy, it's a healthy gift that he gives rather than saving. Which is exactly what I was talking about with what is the intent behind the gift. Yeah, he's unattached. It's the attachment is literally that I am of service to my goddess friend to the divine feminine. And that's the divine masculine being of service to without needing anything in return. It is literally that this is my role in this relationship. Yeah, exactly. And we've both been reading, you know, David Dieter's work? Yes. So I I read a couple of years ago, Dear Lover, and I don't think I was ready to read it. Like, I loved it, but I've reread it since, and I'm also three quarters of the way through The Way of the Superior Man. And... Oh, it has just joined so many dots and valid. It's almost validated. Um, it's almost validated as well the shadow side of the feminine because you know I think I was crazy with these emotional highs and lows, but David Dieter talks about the masculine just standing firm and holding that space no matter what, how extreme her emotion is. It's like the sea, you know, it's flowing and it's dynamic and it's destructive at times, but. It's up to the masculine to not react and just to hold that energy for the, the feminine to just do her dance around that. So 
Again, that's also really helped. That book, The Way of the Superior Man, is an amazing book and I highly recommend everybody read that one. Um, You've reminded me, a lot of what you're talking about is actually what I teach in dating because dating is the ultimate dance of boy meets girl, of masculine feminine energy. It is fascinating to watch. And having a man stand there because a woman will traditionally want to – select a man that she considers superior Mm -hmm. now a lot of women would go no 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 I want an equal I want an equal we do we want somebody that's actually superior Mm -hmm. and so women will test that and so they might be at a bar and a guy will come up and go hi how are you and they'll take one look at them and they might give them the cold shoulder because they're testing to see is he going to slink off as a little man or is he going to hold his power and stand there and stand there. And the divine man actually can just stand there and hold it. Now, it's not easy. It's not easy at all, but it gives a very clear message of, I'm completely fine with whatever it is you're doing. I'm completely yeah. fine. doesn't affect yeah. me. doesn't bother me. This is you. You behave how you wish. I'll just hold my space. Yeah. It takes so much courage and inner strength to be able to do that. It's amazing. But it is amazing to watch in action. It's so, also it's fascinating as well. I mean, I recently, and I think I've just manifested this, I met a guy that I actually just didn't have any intention on it being a date. Like it was more of just a meeting and I knew we had a lot in common. So I was like, I'll just go and meet him for dinner. And he, it was funny because I was reading the book and he was the divine masculine, like through and through. And I was, it was funny, I've never felt more connected to my divine feminine than ever before than that night. And he just melted. Like his, he, he just, he said to me, he was like, Rosie, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now with feelings and I don't quite know what to do. But, and it was, you know, that vulnerability that he showed and just let his guard down, but also still it was just beautiful and just beautiful to be and witness. Um, yeah, it was, it was just amazing to see, see the, the masculine that's usually so strong and, but to actually melt. Well, that is part of the divine masculine is being able to connect into the heart yeah, and being able to show vulnerability. You know, it's such a fine dance because in the 80s we had this term snag. Now, I know that you probably weren't even born then. However, (laughs) (laughs) there was a term called snag in Australia, which was the sensitive new age guy. And that's who everybody wanted to date. But they actually were beta men. Yeah. I know I've talked a lot about Alpha and Beta. I, I remember talking about that back with Beck, you know, Beck, I introduced that about four and a half years ago. It was a big concept of the Alpha and the Beta and who's in Alpha and who's in Beta. And the snag was the Beta guy. And uh, it was nice for a little while until women went, well, no, you're too wussy and I feel like I've just got another child and I'm having to look after you. It's a fine dance between being the beta energy in masculine or being divine masculine. Yes. It's a very fine line. Can the beta masculine be positive? Obviously it can, but, I mean, when can that be appealing to a woman? Look, the beta energy is actually really beautiful in the male when the woman is losing her stuff. Yes. So when she's having a big emotional, you know, the tides are raging, 
the water is flowing everywhere in her and she is raging Mm. for whatever reason, not Mm -hmm. in negative, but she is just raging. She's having huge emotions and she's expressing it and she's balancing her energy through ranting, raving, venting, whatever we want to call it. That's where the beta guy, the beta energy is really beautiful because she's actually stepped into alpha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she has. And so when she is in alpha, the beta is the perfect match, which is soothing, just holding the space of love, all is well, it's okay, I'm here, I hear you, I honour you, I respect you. That's where it's really beautiful. But the problem that we often that we saw in the 80s and 90s with snag, um, to use that dreadful term, was that the beta guy was actually lacking in alpha ability. So they were all beta and we had women that were all alpha instead yeah. of understanding that we are to do the dance between the energies within self. Yes. So I know in my own personal life that within the last couple of years, the more that I've balanced my the more that I have let go of my alpha need, which actually was shadow because it was all around controlling, mm-hmm. the more that I let go of that and I allowed the feminine to flow freer, to be more heart-centered, to give myself permission to be that version of me, the happier I've been. Mm-hmm. It's really been, you know, a big shift. It is such a huge complex conversation oh. that, you know, we could it could have its own show you know the whole love life show could just be around alpha beta masculine feminine shadow you know it's exactly because there's shadow sides of the beta and light sides of the beta within the feminine and within the masculine vice versa with alpha that's right exactly (laughs) exactly carl jung's got a lot to explain a lot to a lot to answer for (laughs) no look i think that what you've shared is a, a wonderful real life example and that's what i'm really wanting to get for our listeners is being able to hear how are these concepts playing out in everyday lives you know what does it look like what happens when it's not what you want what tools can you apply to turn things around you know looking at you now and I want you to post a gorgeous photo and uh, when we put the episode up I would love you to put a beautiful photo underneath because in my opinion you are just radiating the feminine the beautiful divine feminine radiating it you're glowing now, back to this gorgeous man who got a bit of a shock but had his big aha moment when you wrote this beautiful piece to him about the shadow masculine mm-hmm. and how he really has been a little boy dressed in men's clothing. How has his life changed now? What changes have you seen occur for him to step more into the masculine, the divine masculine? Yeah, well, I think because we both, obviously, we, there's so much unconditional love, we, we want the best for each other. So I've kind of consciously been um, being co- consciously not relying on him or projecting anything to him for him to then come back and revert back to those old patterns. But in saying that, like it would have been about two months ago, I had a meltdown. Like I'd had a bit too much to drink and I just had a meltdown. And it was so beautiful because that was an opportunity for him to revert back to his old patterns yes he completely demonstrated exactly what he needed to and he just held me and told me I was loved and just let me cry and it wasn't it wasn't like it was just completely unconditional so I think in any whether I am in like a good or a negative state I think 
it's an opportunity for him to kind of step back and say, hang on, I've got a choice here. I've got an opportunity because we we're a complete mirror for each other. Like it's like we're looking, looking at each other and it's like, oh, if I pull away and often out of protection, if I'm, um, if I'm in any kind of fear, I'll step away because I've got fears of abandonment and all of that sort of stuff. And so I've said to him, and this is, this is, the the um you know the feminine we often say one thing but we mean another so oh think, yes <laughs> don't we no if 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 I'm feel if I'm distancing myself he he always asks me and he you know he'll pull me up on it and I'll say no 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 I'm fine when all I want is for him to step forward so if I lean back in the mirror he leans you know he's meant to lean forward whereas previously if I if I said you know I need space he'll be like okay cool I'll let you have have your space but he will just check in with love and say you know how are you is there anything you need what can I do for you so I think and again it's 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 vice versa so talking about love languages um, his his love language is words of affirmation and I actually had this epiphany over the weekend at the seminar that I went to. If I'm in fear or resentful for whatever reason, I will be like, no, nah, I'm not talking to him. And that's no, that's it. right. You withhold your love language. That's, that's not that's not affirming to him. So that's actually hurting him. That's mm. not unconditional love. So, But when actually, you go into fear, you've gone into inner child. And when you go into inner child, you will, re, you will take away love. And so you will take your words away. You will withdraw. You will stop doing acts of service or gift giving or whatever. Won't affirm, you know, through words. So I just, like, I won't respond or I'll, you know, just say something resentful or just retaliate or whatever it is. So it's a matter of um, if we trigger each other, it's an opportunity for us both to be like, okay, what would I have previously done versus what, who is the person I want to become and what would she do? And, you know, my higher self, it's she with the capital S. And I always sit and I think, what would she do? She knows. Oh, that's wonderful. And I love the story of where you had a meltdown and he just held you and reminded you that you are loved and you are valued and all is okay. That is the most beautiful demonstration of how far he has moved in his ability to be able to switch energies which is really lovely and I was going to say to you that you know when you said because he's going through this journey I'm very aware of not projecting my stuff Mm -hmm. yet remembering that the universe will always test us always you know and it's always going to say all righty you think you've got this lesson learned well here you go let's give you a little test and see where you're at and it's not to be cruel, it's actually to validate us and go, wow, look at that, I did so much better than I did last time. Yep. Or I didn't do so good and I've got some more work to do and that's okay. Yeah, and it's every time that, that old fear comes up that I think of here, we always think we heal it and then the universe sends us one last, one last shot and it's like, have you really got this? And I'm always so grateful for whatever triggering or pain or fear comes up because I'm like, this is good, Like this needs to be healed. I thought it was done, but it's not. Yeah, and sometimes we have patterns in within that as well where the same trigger may appear but it's going to give you a different lesson each time. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know, my trigger will always be um, being highly sensitive. It will be overwhelmed. That's That's my trigger when I've got too much going on. So I expect that, you know, I'll be... 98 years old and still having a meltdown of a trigger of too much going on and 
yet it will be a new lesson, a new opportunity for me through that to learn. That makes sense. Yes, it does. Yeah. And whether, you know, if we ignore it, it'll just show up in another area of our lives and this with the same underlying theme, the same lesson. And so it's like you've just got to do it. You've got to feel it and process it. And, and then eventually it'll heal itself. Rosie, any yeah. parting words that you'd like to share about uh, becoming the divine feminine or supporting men to become the divine masculine well a really good tool I did and it's actually in my journal is when I was um you know once I'd made this distinction I wrote down because I think like anything we in our higher selves I've got my she which is my higher self but also the dark goddess so she also has positive traits because she's you know she's passionate and she doesn't you know she's the shadow side was previously people pleasing she now speaks her truth and speaks it with full conviction and you know, will stand up for people she loves, all of that sort of stuff. So that's not necessarily my divine feminine higher self. That's I, think, just, I think it is. I think they're is, one and the same, though. It's more of like the alpha energy of it. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I feel that the heart, you know, that there is this perception that the divine feminine, the divine masculine is weak. Yeah, no, not at all. Or passive, rather. No, and it's no. not. No, so I think, and this kind of answers what we were talking about before, the beta, the beta feminine is my she, and she's very, like, light and flowy and loving and nurturing and, you know, just wants to cook food and all of that sort of stuff. And then the, the passionate kind of, like, alpha side is just go, 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 but still in that beautiful divine energy. Does that make sense? Yes, it absolutely does. It does, absolutely. One is flowing yeah. and the other is creating. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So the beta is flowing and the alpha is creating. Yeah. Absolutely. So one is nurturing the expression of the creativity. And that is why it is so beautiful for us to have this energetic dance between the two within the self and to have the understanding of when we are in one or the other energy, but also the understanding of when the energy we're currently in is not right for us and how to shift from one to the other. Yeah, you know. and that's like a lot of people challenge. Yeah, know, absolutely. How to, whether to take a chill pill or whether to have a kick up the backside. I love it. So you've got your she with the capital S and you've got your... The dark goddess. The dark goddess. Yeah. The warrior goddess. I love it. Thank you to Pamela Kerslake and Lisa Mariah for your kind donations to support the ongoing production of the show. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends or you can rate us on iTunes or you can become a patron by heading to thelovelifeshow.com. And until next week, embrace your softer side and rock your harder side. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening, and it's a beautiful day.